51st time, you are here for the very first time and you filled out one of those prayer request cards, I am so grateful and thankful and we want to pray for you and be a blessing. And I hope you've been, a bless, or been blessed already, but we want, to, we want to pray for you. And if you filled out that card, can you hold it up real high? We want to go ahead and collect them. Did we have any first-timers today? Hold, there we go. Got some on that side, some in the back. Church, let's give the Lord praise for all of them. Amen? God bless you. Now let's read... Let's read in Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 41. The first word is then. You all see that? If you don't have a Bible, we have it right here on the screen. It says then. Now, that means there was something happened before. And what happened before is that Peter was preaching the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. He told them that they were sinners and they needed a Savior. And it just so happens there was one available. Say amen. Now, how many of y'all are glad there is a great Savior for a great sinner? Well, after he got through preaching, they said, what must we do? What must we do? He said, repent and believe on Jesus Christ. You can be saved if you'll give him your life. Now, watch what happens. Watch what happens. The Bible says in verse 41, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were, what's that word? Added. Unto them, who was the them? That's the 120 in chapter number 1. The, 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 the first nucleus of the church that Jesus started. Uh, unto them about 3,000 souls. Now that's what I call a revival. Say amen. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together. And had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord, what's that word? Added to the church daily, such as should be saved, or those who were being saved. Father, thank you, Lord for all that you've done for us. Thank you for the early service. Thank you for your blessings. God, thank you for your word that teaches us right and wrong. Lord, what, what, is, what is necessary in our life and what is not? God, I pray that your will be done today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> we are living in a day, we are living in a day where it is a, a, a definite free agent society. How many of y'all would agree with that? When it comes to company people, they just don't hardly make them anymore. Uh, we, are, we are living in a society where uh, whatever whatever's, I can get the most money, wherever I can get the most opportunity, wherever I can get whatever, that's where I'm going. It's a free agent society. Uh, it is about an individualism. It's about uh, being your own person and you don't need anybody and nobody needs you type situation. You are for you and that's all you are for. Now, that mentality is in all of the sports we see. That mentality is in a lot of the, the corporations in, in America today. And, and sadly, it's happening in the church. Sadly, that mentality is creeping in to the lives of Christians, believers, and, and, and it should not be. Now, here's the deal. We said we must be saved. We must be baptized. In order to be ready when Jesus comes, in order, <coughs> listen, for us to be in complete fulfillment of his will when he comes, I believe you need to be saved, I believe you need to be baptized, and I believe you need to be a member of a local New Testament church. I have heard people say this right here. 
I've heard people say this right here. Well, I don't believe that, that you have to be a member of a church, and I don't believe you have to go to church to be right with God. That's a lie. That's a lie. Well, I tell you what, I can get as much out of, I can get as much out of uh, watching the church on TV at home in my recliner. Then that just tells me you're going to the wrong church. Man, it's quiet in here, ain't it? You know why? Because some of y'all may have believed that same lie. And I'll prove it. You say, well, you're just partial because you're the preacher. I'm, I believe this because I believe the Bible. Now, I can prove it. Now, here's the deal. Every, every, every Christian that's saved, the Bible describes the, 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 the new Christian as this. He is a babe in Christ. How many of y'all believe that? He's a babe in Christ. Now, watch this. There's, there's just three things I want to show you today. Just three things, and we'll do it quick. And I've got a, a chest cold, and I don't have much air, so I've got to get it while I can. Amen. Now, here's the deal. Number one, I want you to see this. Number one, I want you to see the distinction of membership. The distinction of membership. What is so important about being involved and being a member? Now, when I say, and, I, and I, you've got to get this. You've got, you got to get this. I'm not saying your name is on a roll. I'm talking about involved and engaged in a, lo a, a local New Testament church. Say amen. amen. Now watch this. What is the distinction of membership? How does, how does God describe the church? And I believe some of our mentality about the church is why we got this messed up theology. In, in the Bible, the Bible describes the believers, the body of Christ, the, all those that have trusted in Christ, the Bible calls us a family. A family. Now watch this. It says this in, in, in Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 19. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints. Now watch this word right here. And of the household of God. The word household there, I looked it up in, in the Greek word akoyos, which means a relative. In other words, when you are born again, you are adopted into the family of God, and you have brothers and sisters in Christ, you are a family. When I was growing up, when I was growing up, I'd hear, I'd hear my parents and other people talk, you know, when they talked to, to a, a, a person in the church, they'd say, Brother John, or, 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 or Brother Larry, or, or, or Sister Susan, or Sister Mary, and I just grew up thinking that's what they're supposed to put in front of people's names. I had no idea because it was, you know, and then we started singing, uh, uh, you will notice we say brother and sister around here. It's because we're a family and folks are, are y'all with me? Now, why? Because we're a family. We call each other that. Now, I've got Bible for that. I've got Bible for that. Some of y'all looking at me funny. Watch this right here. 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2. Paul is teaching Timothy how he should respond and treat each other in the church. Y'all with me? Paul, the, 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 the apostle, is teaching a young Timothy. He is the new pastor of the church of Ephesus. And he is, he is teaching him how he should treat each other in the church. Now watch what he says. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a... So according to this, I'm supposed to treat the older men in this assembly as my... All right, then he said treat the younger men as... Brethren, the elder women as mothers, and the younger as sisters. Does that sound like a family to you? Now here's what we have today. We do not have a family mentality going on. We have a club mentality going on. 
In most churches in America today, there is a club mentality. As long as I come pay my dues, I can get my say in what's going on. And if I don't like the people around me, we'll just vote them out the club. Now, I know sometime in your life you wanted to vote a brother or sister out of the family, but that was not possible. I need a witness. We're a family. Now, you remember what I was saying back, back to that, that babe in Christ? God designed this. This was God's design for mankind. For a baby to go home with a mama and a daddy. Not a mama and a mama. That's going to get me put in jail one day, but it's still the Bible. Not a daddy and a daddy. A mama and a daddy. Why? To take care, to provide. That mama is there because that mama's got stuff that daddy ain't got. I need a witness. That daddy has stuff that mama ain't got. That mama's a nurturer and a caregiver and soft and tender and sensitive, and that's what a baby needs. That daddy's like a buffalo. He's hard and tough and rough. And, and listen, that's, that's what that baby needs. That baby needs somebody to protect when danger is around. That baby needs somebody to provide and be what that baby needs to make sure that baby makes it to adulthood. That is God's plan. I don't care what the world is saying. I don't care what society is saying. God is for the home. God is for the family. It is God's design, and it's the perfect design. Amen. Now watch this. With that being said, with that being said, when a person is newly born again, when a person is saved, then they are a babe in Christ, and every baby needs a family. Every baby needs a family. I looked up the word orphan. What is an orphan? It's, it's a child or a baby without a family. And the word orphan, if you look it up in your Webster's Dictionary, it means one deprived of protection or advantage. Imagine that. One of the greatest times of my life, the, the, the happiest times of my life is when, listen, during the holidays when we was with all of our family. Every Thanksgiving, we'd go over to my grandmother's house. Every Thanksgiving, every Thanksgiving, it was, it's what we did. Everybody did. Everybody in my, and, 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 and my mom's mom's side of the family, we'd all go to grandma's or we'd go somewhere in that family, but we'd always be together. And that was, I, I'm telling you, I can't tell you how much I looked forward to them days. And what a great blessing that was to have family. Have family. And there are people running around saying, I don't need family. I don't need support. I don't need encouragement. I don't need all that. I can be what I want. I can't imagine my life without all those times with my family. And God wants you to be a part of a family. You see, if, if, if we was to treat each other like family, like we're supposed to, there wouldn't be affairs in church. I am not kissing my sister. Say amen. <laughs> Laugh if you want to. I need a witness. We don't do that, though, do we? Listen, this, this jive and garbage is happening in churches all over America. You know why? They're going to church with the wrong concept. They're going to church, listen, with the wrong mentality. They don't understand. This is my brother. This is my sister. This is my father, and this is my mother. I'm not going to be angry at them. Hey, well, we can we not get along a little bit, but that's just a little bit. And me and my brother could disagree about stuff and, and squabble a little bit, but I guarantee you this, you better not say nothing to him. And you never not say nothing to me because he'll, he'll scratch your eyeballs out. Say amen. 
You know why? We're family. We're blood. We stick together. We love one another. And I'm telling you, we need the mentality in Temple Baptist Church. If somebody says something against one of your brothers and sisters, you don't join in the fight. You don't join in the critique. You say, hey, that's my family. Keep your hands off of them. We're family. God wants you to be a part of a family. Thank God for my family. The closest people I am to anybody in this world is in this building. Listen, they're my family. My family. Not only, not only does, does God describe the church as a family, but God describes the church as a body. As a body. Now, now let me show you something. This is really important. In, in describing the believers, it says in, verse, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, it says... For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. He's talking about the church. Now watch this. Let me describe this before I read anymore so you get what he's saying. I've got many members of this body. I've got fingers. I've got ears. I've got eyeballs. I've got a nose. I've got a mouth. I've got a chin. I've got several now. Amen. I don't know what Anyhow, um... I've got, hey, easy, Scott, hey, man. Your day's coming, big boy, hey, man. Feet, I've got all kind of members of this body, but it's still one body. Now, what, what Jesus is saying here, all of y'all are different members, but we're all part of the one. Watch this. Watch what, watch what he says. Watch what he says. It says, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. He's talking about Christ. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, or have been all made to drink into one spirit, for the body is not one member but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not of the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Or if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, then where were the hearing? If, they were, if, if the whole were a hearing, where were the smelling? Now what does that mean? Nobody in here, your foot decided to stay in bed this morning. My whole body wanted to stay in bed this morning, amen? But my, 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 my arm could not just say, I think I'm going to sit this one out. I'll see y'all when y'all get back home. Now, y'all are thinking, well, that's stupid. How much more dumb is it for you to lay out when you're part of the body? If my ears, if I, my ears took the day off, it would affect the whole rest of my body. If my eyes said... I believe I'm going to sit this one out. Everything else is going to be affected. Why? Because it's connected to the whole body. It has a different responsibility. You see, God described us as a family to teach us about relationship with one another, but God teaches us about the body to teach us our responsibilities. Y'all with me? Watch this. Watch this. I know this is getting a little... Now watch this. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. That's very key. I'm going to come back to that verse. And if they were all one member, where were the body? In other words, if we was all one big nose, we'd be in trouble. Say amen. But now are they many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. Now watch this in verse number 27. No, let me go back. Let me go back verse 25. 
that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it, or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Now what does that mean? That means we all have a responsibility to this church and to each other. Because you're all part of the body. You have different responsibilities. The eye does the seeing, the ear does the hearing, nose does the smelling, mouth does the talking, and the eating. Say amen. The fingers have responsibilities. And you ever notice that every member of the body comes to the defense of the body? What happens when you're, you wake up in the middle of the night, you've got to go to the restroom, you're going through the, 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 the bedroom and you kick the side of the, uh, of the bed and it splits your toe open. And, and, and don't ask me how I know that. But when that takes place, everything, all attention goes to that member of the body that is suffering. Ah! Are you all with me? That's the way God designed it. You come and try to poke me in my eye, I'm coming to the fence. My whole body's coming to the fence. Why? It is part of the body because the finger knows if it messes with the eye, it's going to affect the finger. And we don't even have enough sense to understand that. Us in the church, when somebody picks on another one, we just jump in on the, on the bandwagon. Well, you know, let me tell you what I think. That shouldn't be. Why? Well, you know, we're not going to, you know... We're not going to cut off the finger and say, uh-huh, see there, uh-huh, I told you. We're not going to do that. We're going to come to its defense. Hello. Why do you think churches are splintering and splitting and fussing and fighting and carrying on? Because they have no concept of who we are. We're a family, and we are the body of Christ. If I hurt you, I'm just hurting myself. You stinking eye, that's it. That makes a lot of sense. Are y'all with me? I need you. You need me. Now see, this brings us into point number two. We not only see the distinction of membership, God describes us as a family. God describes us as a body. The family teaches us about our relationship with one another. The body, the description of the body teaches us about our responsibilities that we have for each other. Now watch this, number two. Write this down. I want you to see the design of membership. Man, God is smart, isn't he? He's just awesome. He knows what he's doing. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18. I said I was coming back to this verse. Watch this. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. What does that mean? God put everybody where he wanted them to be. Now here's the way this works. In Ephesians chapter number 4, in Ephesians chapter number 4, the Bible says when Jesus left earth and went back to heaven, he distributed to everybody gifts, abilities. Some people have the gift of administration. Dustin's a good one. He's a good illustration of that, the gift of administration. He does graphs and charts and, and numbers and, yeah, forms. You've got to have a form to get your form. Say Amen. And, 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 and you know what? If we didn't have that, we wouldn't get nothing done around here. We would be in a chaotic mess. That's about what it was before he showed up. Just chaos. Because we need organization. We need administration. And I don't have that. Some people have the gift of encouragement. I don't matter when you see them, don't matter what is going on in their life, when you see them, they all, you always leave their presence being blessed. Are y'all with me? 
Some people have a gift of teaching. They, can just, they just go into a teaching mode. I don't care where they are, who they are. They go into a teaching mode. Are y'all with me? God gave everybody those things. God gave that to you. Not so you could say, I'm good at this. God gave it to you to use. Where? The local church. God wanted you to be a blessing. See, Jesus had all the gifts. But he didn't give nobody on this earth all of them. Because he didn't want us to be a selfish jerk. Because if I had all the gifts, you would be unnecessary. Say amen. But I need you. How many of y'all enjoyed that singing a while ago? Isn't that cool? See, they turned my mic off during singing time. It is a very strategic thing, amen? I went to, I went to, uh, I was at, when, when Brother uh, Dorgan was at Bill Hurd Chevrolet before he got his place here in town, uh, I went up there one day, we was going to go eat some lunch or something, and I walked into his bay, he had a couple cars there, and, and he had a motor and everything out of that car, and, and there was 1,700 million different pieces laying around. I'm talking about just ridiculous. It looked like somebody took a grenade, set it down in the middle of that, that engine compartment, and said, fire in the hole, baby. It was scattered. Every, I mean, I thought, oh. I said, man, how long is it going to take you to get this back? I thought he was going to say six or seven months. I don't, you know what. He said, I'll have it together this afternoon. Huh? Are you... I can, I'm telling you, I, 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 I'm getting the willies right now thinking about it. If I had to put all that stuff back together and find out where this went and that went, I, 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 I need a nerve pill. Say amen. But he just, just got it. But if I said, Brother Dorgan, I need you to come up here and preach this Sunday, he'd say, I need a nerve pill. You know why? Because God didn't give him that gift. God don't expect him to operate in that. But he expects me to because he gave that to me. Now, here's the deal. A lot of people don't understand this. You cannot be a long-ranger Christian. You cannot sit at home. And in, listen, you can't get what you need at church because you can't give what you're supposed to give at home. Because God gave you a gift to use in the local church, the local assembly, to be a blessing to others. Can y'all tell I, 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 I get a kick out of what I do? Can you tell I enjoy it and I, I feel satisfied? And this is, here's the deal. You'll never find fulfillment and satisfaction in your life till you're accomplishing what God put in you to accomplish. And you can't do that at home. How are you going to use your gift? How, how, seriously, come on. Y'all with me? Y'all got quiet a while ago because y'all got mad when I said that. Because y'all have heard people say that and y'all bought into the lie. It is a lie. If it wasn't a lie, God wouldn't say, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Jesus said it. You know why you need to be here? Because I need you here. What if Dustin would have said, what if Dustin would have said, I, I don't need this. I just stay home. I can, get, I can get what I need at home. Now, he might be able to hear a preacher on TV, but how is that going to help us? How is that going to be a blessing with the responsibility God gave him to use the gift to be a blessing to others? See, God didn't give you your gift for you. Why don't I just clear off spot right here and preach a minute? 
God did not give you your gift for you. God gave you your gift to be a blessing to somebody else. You're to bear fruit so somebody else can eat it. I need a witness. Don't make me take my jacket off. Say amen. I need your gift. I need you to be operating in the gift that God has given you. God designed it that way. The Bible says God put everybody where he saw fit. You're not here by accident. Isn't that cool? You're not here by accident. It's a divine appointment you're here. We didn't just haphazardly show up. No, God placed you here. And God gave you a gift to utilize here. The design of membership is this, to provide an opportunity. To provide an opportunity. An opportunity to do what? To use the gift that God gave you to be a blessing to others and to serve God. Are y'all with me? There was a man, and let me say it this way. There was a man on earth, there was a man on, because see, we're such a me. We're such a me society. What's in it for me? All this contributing that I'm supposed to be contributing, all this I'm giving, what's in it for me? I'll tell you what's in it for you. God allowed one human being in, in the history of all mankind, God allowed one human being to have all the wisdom there was to have, smartest man ever before and ever after him, a supernatural wisdom. In other words, he had, he had smarts and knowledge and wisdom that nobody else ever had before or after. Then God allowed him to have more wealth than anybody. Bill Gates didn't have nothing on Solomon. Nothing. He had all the money, all the knowledge, all the power. Nobody could say nothing to him. He was the king of the world, you might want to say. Everything there was to do, he'd done it. Everything there was to see, he saw it. Everything there was to have, he bought it. It's all in Ecclesiastes. If you don't believe me, it's all right there. In a backslidden state, in a backslidden state, God even allowed in his backslidden state to retain the wisdom that he had on purpose. And he went on a journey. He went on a search. He went and did experiments. And he said, I'm going to find happiness and joy under the sun. And the terminology under the sun means without God here on this earth. I'm going to find joy and happiness here on this earth. Y'all with me? And he went and did it all. He went and saw it all. He built houses. Everything that man could ever possibly want or ever could possibly have, God let one man have it all. And at the end of his journey, this was his conclusion. He said, all is vanity. Vanity, vanity. The word vanity means empty. See, all of us are running around trying to be fulfilled trying to find happiness, trying to find joy, trying to find all this. We're thinking that we, this is going to make me happy. If you're doing it without God, you're going to be just as empty as Solomon was. You know why? Because nothing on this world and this planet can give you satisfaction and joy. It can only come from God. Ball games ain't going to give you joy. I need a witness. Hobbies are not going to give you joy. You may win today, but you'll lose tomorrow. Hello? Ask them all. This ain't no, this ain't no Crimson Tide thing. Ask Auburn. Ask Florida. Four times. Say amen. Ask them all four times. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get me a new boat, or I'm going to get me some new golf clubs. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, no. It won't happen. A couple weeks ago, I went to the PKC World Hunt. First time I ever went, had my dog Big Oak Jimbo, night champion Big Oak Jimbo, three wins to grand, two more wins, and he'll be a grand night champion. I need a witness. 
Listen, the week before we went, he treated every coon in the woods. I'm talking about look like a world champion. Had me all excited, went up there to Illinois, Salem, Illinois, and run every deer out of the county. I need a witness. <laughs> he was thoroughly confused about what we was after that night. We were top of the world one week, and I don't know where we was next week. What am I trying to say? Things of this world will let you down. Things of this world will leave you empty-handed. But when you're operating in the gift that God gave you, the world can't take that away. You're going to find fulfillment. You're going to find joy. And guess what? You can't get that in your living room. You see, God is so smart. He knows our nature. He knows we have a, by nature, we're selfish. Amen. So he designed this whole thing so we would need each other. And God designed the way of fulfillment and satisfaction to be had through not you getting what you want, but by you meeting the needs of others, God gives you what you need and want. I'm preaching better than y'all are shouting. Do y'all understand this? God is such a great architect and such a great designer that he created this whole thing where I would need you and you would need me so I would not become a selfish jerk. That's why you need to be a member of a local church using the gift that God has given you and contributing and being involved. I didn't say your name on the roll. I said engaged and involved. Church, say amen. amen. Listen, God designed this thing to provide opportunity. God designed this thing to promote organization. You see, we got to be together. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, 1 Corinthians 3, 9, for we are laborers together. We are laborers together with God. Paul, in that same chapter, he said, I planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. I, 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 there's, there's, somebody wrote a book. I love Jesus, but I hate the church. I understand what he's saying, but there's a flaw in that. Because Jesus is the church. And you can't love Jesus without loving the church. Because he's all about the church. He started it. What they're saying is, this is the mentality, what they're saying is we don't like what human beings have made the church out to be. And I, I get that. I get that. But here's the deal. There's a mentality going around that we just don't like organized religion. So you like chaotic religion? If we were not organized, we would not accomplish anything. Let's just say we just all go be ourselves. We just all go be long-ranger Christians. Who's going to send missionaries? Who's going to send proclaimers to the Matilli people so they can hear the gospel? Do you realize we can do more together than we could ever do apart? Are you all with me? Here's the point. I'm not going to do point three. I'm out of time. But here's the deal. It's all this in a nutshell. I need you, and you need me. God wants you to be a member, a part 
of a local New Testament church who is preaching the Bible and doing their best to practice the Bible. Say amen. amen. Father, we thank you, Lord.